Hello, this is Gary Hutchins with the Sunny Slope Church of Christ in Omaha, Nebraska. This is today's Bible class, a short Bible study every single day, seven days a week, only about 13 minutes, but it keeps us in God's Word and thereby helps us to stay strong and grow stronger in our faith. Because as we keep emphasizing, the scriptures themselves tell us that faith comes by hearing the Word of God, Romans 10 and verse 17. But being in God's Word every day helps us also keep focused on our relationship with God and upon our soul's salvation, upon our spiritual lives. You know people in your life who need to change their focus, don't you? Help them by sharing these short studies with them every single day through Facebook friends, text messages, other technological means, with your family members, friends, work associates, neighbors, with literally everybody you can. You may help somebody turn their life around, grow in their faith, come to God through Jesus Christ, you may help somebody get to heaven. What a great blessing for them and for you. So make that commitment and start sharing today and every day with everybody you can. We're going to get back into our line of thought and study. And this is the second part of this particular line of thought and study, talking about how we need to focus and not let the devil win in our lives. Not let the devil win against us because he is our most determined and deadliest enemy. As the Apostle Peter put it in 1 Peter chapter 5, verses 8 and 9, he's like a roaring lion walking about seeking whom he may devour. But Peter assures us that we can resist him steadfast in the faith. And we talked about how James said essentially the same thing in James chapter 4, verses 7 and 8. He said, submit to God. That's the first step resist the devil. And as we submit to God, we're automatically going to be resisting the devil. And then James says, and the devil will flee from you. How do we resist the devil? Well, we submit to God. James reemphasizes though in the next verse, verse eight, draw near to God and he will draw near to you. Cleanse your hands, your sinners, and, and, and uh, purify your hearts, you double-minded. So as, as we're walking with God, there's no place in our life for the devil. If we're truly being faithful to God consistently, the devil has no place in our life. Now, we talked about in this particular section, as we began looking at it, that Colossians chapter 3, verses 1 and 2, emphasizes that we need to make up our minds. Paul says there literally, set your mind on things above. Now, the devil's going to try to lure us into all kinds of sinful lifestyles, sinful practices, actions, and so on, and sin draws us away from God, separates us from God. The prophet Isaiah actually wrote in Isaiah 59 in verse 2, well, if we're living in a sinful lifestyle or just in a continual sinful pattern, and we're not walking with God, we're not living by his teachings in faithful, consistent obedience, then our sin separates us from God. And the Apostle Paul said in Romans 6 and verse 23, the wages of sin is death. But the other side of the ledger or the spectrum is the rest of that verse. But the gift of God is eternal life in or through Christ Jesus our Lord. So if we're going to live in sin, then eternal condemnation in hell is the ultimate destiny. But God does not want that to be our ultimate destiny. And so he offers us forgiveness and redemption and salvation, eternal life through Jesus Christ. He sent him to that cross to die on our behalf, to pay the price for the guilt of our sins. 
but we have to make up our mind, set our mind. Again, Colossians 3, verses 1 and 2. Well, how do we do that? We've got to set our mind. We've got to make up our mind. We've got to focus. We talk about focus all the time in these daily Bible class studies. It's, it's not just words, and it's not just a feeling. It's a determination. It is an action on our part. So we talked about how God has laid out that there are good works in service to him, in dedication to him, that he has prepared for us to be involved in. Ephesians 2 and verse 10. In fact, that particular verse says we are his workmanship created for good works. Titus chapter 2, verses 13 and 14. Titus chapter 3, verses 7 and 8 and verse 14. All talk about how and, and, and instruct us to be involved on a consistent basis in good works as a Christian. Jesus said in Matthew 5, verses 13 through 16, that we're supposed to be the salt of the earth, a positive seasoning influence on those around us. This world is caught up in sin. We need to be a good, positive, godly, and Christian influence on people to help them see the better way. Also, verse 16, we're to let our light shine. We're supposed to be the light of the world in that Christ and God and Christianity should shine through the way we live our lives. And we need to let our light so shine that others may see our good works, but not to our glory, but to the glory of God, to glorify the Father. Well, 1 Peter chapter 2, of verses 11 and 12 says essentially the same thing. Now, so we need to be involved, purposeful in good works. There's that old saying, an idle mind is the devil's workshop. Well, uh, we might think that's scripture, but it's not. But it is accurate. If we're idle, if we're just not doing anything, and there's a real problem for people in our culture, in our nation right now, who don't want to work. They, there are jobs out there available, but they would rather be on the public dole, so to speak. And so they're living in idleness. Well, that opens the door to the devil to enter their line of thought, their mindset, their lives. And he'll have greater opportunity to lead them into sin. Now, but there are those people who they may have a job, but still their mind from a spiritual perspective is idle. So the devil moves in, starts influencing them. Now, what, what can we do besides being involved in good works? That will really keep us focused. That will really keep our, 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 the direction in our lives occupied. What else can we do? Well, paramount among these good works that we need to be involved in as Christians, serving God, dedicated to him on a consistent daily basis, we need to be teaching people about Christ, about the gospel. In Romans chapter 1 and verse 16, the apostle Paul wrote, I'm not ashamed of the gospel of Christ, for it is the power of God unto salvation to everyone who believes, to the Jew first and also to the Greek. The gospel message of salvation is that message that Jesus brought from the throne room in heaven to this earth as he became man and began preaching that gospel message. Repent, for the kingdom of heaven is at hand. He came to be our Savior, 
And if you look at 1 Corinthians chapter 15, verses 1 through 4, it lays it out succinctly, just exactly what the gospel is. Jesus came to bring that message of salvation through him as our Savior. He died on that cross to pay the price for the guilt of our sins. He was buried in that tomb, demonstrating that he truly is our Savior. He truly died on that cross. Oh, but he arose from that grave, victorious over death. And so we have that opportunity to join him on a spiritual level in his death, burial, and resurrection. And the Apostle Paul brings that out in beautiful, beautiful, and such descriptive imagery in Romans chapter 6, beginning with verse 3. He says, do you not know that as many of us as were baptized into Christ, and that's the only way the scriptures tell us we come into Christ, is through baptism, as many of us as were baptized into Christ were baptized into his death. He died on that cross. As we're baptized into Christ, we die to the guilt of our sin. We die to that lifestyle of sin because the blood that he shed on the cross cleanses us at that point from the guilt of our sins. Paul goes on and he says in verse 4, therefore we were buried with him through baptism into death. Now, baptism means immerse, plunge, dip, submerge, bury. And so we're not talking about baptism being a sprinkling or a rubbing of water on someone's forehead or a pouring of some water over their head. We're talking about total immersion. So just as Jesus was literally totally buried in that tomb, as we're truly baptized into Christ, we're buried with him in the waters of baptism. And then the the text goes on and says, just as Christ was raised from the dead by the glory of the Father, even so we also should walk in newness of life. For if we have been united together in the likeness of his death, certainly we also shall be in the likeness of his resurrection. As we're buried with him in baptism, buried in that water, totally immersed, the blood that he shed on the cross cleanses us to the guilt of our sins. We die to that old lifestyle of sin with all of its guilt, and we're cleansed, we're made new, we're born again. And as he came forth from that grave, risen, we come up from that watery grave, risen, made new, forgiven, redeemed, saved. And we look forward to eternal life with him in heaven. That's the gospel that we need to obey. As Paul put it in 2 Thessalonians chapter 1 in verse 8, he talked about in verse 7 how Jesus is going to come in that final day of judgment in flaming fire, taking vengeance on those who do not know about God and on those who have not obeyed the gospel of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. We need to understand that's what God wants us to do. That's the message that Jesus brought to us. And we need to convey that message, communicate it, talk to others about it. In Matthew chapter 28, verses 19 and 20, as Jesus was ready to ascend back into heaven, he told the apostles, go therefore and make disciples of all the nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe all things that I have commanded you, and lo, I am with you always, even to the end of the age or the world. Amen. 
As Mark recorded that great commission in Mark 16, verses 15 and 16, Jesus told the apostles, go into all the world, preach the gospel to all creation. He who believes and is baptized shall be saved. He who does not believe shall be condemned. That is paramount in the good works that God has for us to do, and that's to spread that gospel message of salvation as much as we can to everyone we can. The Apostle Paul said in 1 Corinthians 1 and verse 21, for since in the wisdom of God, the world through wisdom did not know God, it pleased God through the foolishness of the message preached or taught to save those who believe. We need to be teaching that saving message of the gospel of Christ to everybody we can. We need to be we need to be examples of people who have obeyed that message. And look at what Paul wrote in 2 Timothy chapter 2 and verse 2. The things that you have heard from me among many witnesses, commit these to faithful men who will be able to teach others also. We have that as part of our mission in not letting the devil win, as in living the Christian life and glorifying God thereby. We'll go a little bit further next time. Let's pray. Father, thank you for sending your son with the gospel. Thank you for blessing us to have been able to learn it. Please bless and guide us to obey it and live by it and be that shining example to others around us who need to obey the gospel, who need to be baptized into Christ so their sins can be forgiven and they can live that new life in Christ, saved in him. Please, Father, we pray. Please forgive us in our failings and hear our prayer. In Jesus' name, amen.